maple leaves descent to their grave, a cold ground, a cycle that goes on throughout the earth. A legendary evil will dance above them with dark eyes, the devil's eyes. His song is death, an angel of death, a vessel of evil with no emotions, a conscience that has gone berserk, a soul taker with no regrets. Paul Rojo, October 16, 2021. Welcome to Tales from the Abyss, the Muslim filter, unselfish, unapologetic, uncut, unpretentious, the greatest celebration of freedom of speech in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Tell him, Jay. Folks, it's that time for a very, very special episode of Tales from the Abyss. I am Jay Linderman, along with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Padua Rojo. Tonight, I am super excited. Not only are we going to be covering the 12th entry in the Halloween franchise, Halloween Kills, a brand new movie released last week, but we are also celebrating our one-year anniversary. That is correct, ladies and gentlemen. For 365 days, you have tuned in to Tales from the Abyss, be entertained, and even probably gather some uh, useless information if you need it. But with that, I'm going to pass it over to my, to my buddy here. Brother, why don't you tell everybody what else we got going on tonight? Jay, we're going to be finally, finally going X-ray style. Tales from the Abyss, X-Ray Style. We're going to be the Dr. Lenderman and Dr. Paul Rojo show tonight. Aye. Into David Gordon Green movie, Halloween Kills. And we also would like to send, before me and Jay get going, shout-outs to all the people that have contributed to the success that we have enjoyed, whether it's a big one or a small one. We are grateful for every single listener. And everyone that supports this show. Absolutely. I mean, if, the, if you're out there listening and you supported us from now since the beginning, hats off to you. I salute you. Uh, we, we both salute you. And we, uh, stuff like that's what makes shows like this possible. Yeah, man. Like from um, from our friends at um, the Lizard, uh, the county where the lesser man takes place, that the man was very, very kind to help us out. Um, legendary tripping author who stepped in and did a show. Um, JT Murray, director here in North Carolina, who contributed to the show by appearing on the show. Uh, Dave Fula, the Busher Dovashi, that has always stepped up to the call whenever Jay has, had a, <laughs> Jay has had to call out sick. He almost had to call out today sick, but Jay pulled through. Tonight's a test of strength. I've been there. I did. A, I did a tequila show once like that. Um, yeah. And um, Red Beer. Let's not forget Red Beer providing us with uh, some extra microphones that he had since I had a hard times and I lost my previous microphone and I couldn't replace it. Um, let me see who else. Adrian Cortez who stepped up to the plate many times when the show first got going, but. We knew that he had other stuff to do, yet he uh, he found time to help me out. And, and then uh, let's not forget the young lady who did our new logo. Let's not forget our, our Paula Zambrano from the Art of Lizard Sushi, who has contributed with her 
the logo that we both love and she just i mean paula was was incredible she she got just limited information from me and my vision and she just brought it to life and me and jay couldn't be more grateful to her we're looking forward to doing another different logo just to commemorate a two-year anniversary next year we'll not be replacing this logo but It'll be something special that I'm working on that Jay's going to like. Absolutely. Uh, man, I'm looking forward to it. And also, let's uh, throw some uh, shout-out to uh, some other podcasts that have uh, mentioned us and gave us a shout-out as well, like the Murky Chronicles. Murky Chronicles um, always has uh, supported this show. Yep. And uh, the other show that, that came because of this one, Bums, Brews, and Booze, or Bums? Uh, sports, Bums, and Brews, my sports, sports show. Bums. We haven't recorded in a while. It's killing me. You haven't yeah. recorded in a while? I was at a game yesterday, Jay. I tried every single beer I could. I even had uh-huh. a watermelon IPA. Oh, nice. That's weird. It, it, you know what? It's weird, and it's not a stadium beer. Stadium beer has to be a beer that you can enjoy even if it's lukewarm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that one is a, is a good beer, but you would have to you have to have it cold. Especially, you know, when football season begins, it's not exactly cool outside. So not for us. Not, not yeah. for us in the South. Everyone else, yes, maybe they have a yeah, more no, not us, no. full not weather. So, Jay, we have a uh, – let's go back to retro. Let me do a retro. Remember when I used to start a show, Jay, we have a problem tonight. And you said, well, okay, well, what is going on? Well, our problem is Haddonfield, Illinois, 1978. <clears throat> Two cops try to stop Michael Myers. Officer Hawkins, unfortunately, shoot his partner, a man that actually knew Myers when he was a kid, and he shoots him in the throat trying yep. to stop Michael Myers. Yep. That's how we opened this one up. And, I mean, before we move further. Yes. I thought about you when I watched this opening because I know you are a huge fan of Halloween 2, I watched it uh, Friday morning before because I had to go to work and it was a, a real rough week. Yeah. And then um, 
I watched it Sunday. Oh, no, Saturday night. When I guess when I got out of work, it was already midnight. So I guess I watched it into Sunday, but I still had to get up early and yeah. make some pumpkin spice pancake, which my cat stole one. He still smells like maple syrup. And then I had to go to the game. And then again, I watched it today while I was writing uh, stuff for it and taking notes in order for me to, I wanted to absorb this. I wanted to analyze this. And another interesting fact, when this, this movie has such an intense theme to it, uh, that this accidental shootings, and you know that I'm not a hypocrite, as I've always said on the show, I know it's an unpopular thing now to say in America that you like guns. I like guns. I'd rather have one and never use it than to need it and not have it. I, there's, I agree 120%. Yeah, there's a saying that goes like that. You know, that doesn't mean that I'm I'm at your level, Jay. I'm not a hero of the land or nothing like that, but I'm a decent citizen who doesn't commit any crimes and would like to be uh, protected at home. That's the only reason why I have it. Oh, I mean, I, the only reason, you know, I've had one is I've got, you know, a family, and it's a crazy world out there, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I think mean, we live in a nice neighborhood, suburbs-type area, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, nothing really ever, anything bad ever happens out here, knock on wood. Yeah. So, um, but still having one with, Uh, my wife says it's a guy thing. <laughs> yeah, really, it's really not a guy thing. I'm in favor of women learning how to properly handle a gun, too. I don't, I don't know. She says she's a pretty good shot. I've yeah. never seen her shoot, but who well, knows? You, you behave, and you probably may never have to find out. Oh, man. I, hey, let me tell you something. I tell my wife oh, everything because I know my dumb ass will get in trouble for something. Yes, yes. So another thing, going back to a, a town in the suburbs where there's really some mayhem, maybe not as nice as yours, and we're talking about Haddonfield, Illinois. Haddonfield. Haddonfield. And we also meet the Melanies, which are the, the Wish, the Skull, and the Pumpkin earlier yeah. in this one as they're bullying somebody. Yeah. And then the uh, Dr. Loomis appearance in a retro uh scene that was also unexpected and it was actually played by an actor that they put some makeup on it wasn't it wasn't done computerly uh engineer which i actually thought it was kind of odd but i did too i bet well i thought the appearance was exciting but odd at the same time because yeah. his appearance came in a moment where they're really you know they're really rewriting halloween history and uh and then loomis appears like holy crap Yeah, I was in a spe it was it was I had that moment like I had at the ending of uh of uh the Mandalorian uh season what was it season two finale? With Luke. With Luke appearing, that's the moment that I had there. I was like, wow, the door opened, Dr. Loomis comes out screaming with all that panicking shit. Yeah. And I was blown away. Then we moved towards uh mixed bar. That's a bar that I would love to go to. I like bars hey, like that. That's my that's a, that's my type of bar. That's my type of bar. And yeah, I've been on I, both. I, I go. You can give me a hole in the wall compared to some fancy ass bar or club any day. Yeah, I mean, I know the, the, the need in the industry for the craft drinks and all that. And I'm glad that some businesses have it because I like to see strong businesses. But for me, I prefer a place like that. Just give me a shot of some whiskey where I'm going to get all slavery stupid. Give me a PBR and I'll be happy. Hey, man, that's what I always tell my friends. Just give me a Miller Lite and a Jaeger bomb and I'm straight. Wow, a Jaeger bomb, Jay? Yeah, I was I was I was meeting one of the spokesperson in the United States last week. I met him for for Jigger. Uh, maybe I'll, we'll have him in the show sometime. Absolutely. 
So in there, in the bar, in mixed bar, we meet a doctor and uh, and his uh, her nurse's uh, husband, a husband who's a nurse, a male nurse, and they're out on a date. And they go to the bar and they order the Voodoo Skeleton Brew. Remember last week we were talking about the special beers that are out there? I don't know if the yeah. Voodoo Skeleton Brew is actually a real beer from uh, somewhere where they were filming this movie or something like that. I don't know. But I know that yesterday when I was at the game, Jay, they had that white zombie that I was telling you about. That one, that one runs all year through. I don't know what, what kind of uh, spooky beers they have. Uh, the breweries are putting out in Georgia, but I'm pretty sure they're exciting too. And that's when Tommy Doyle comes into the scene, Anthony Michael Hall, and he's in stage explaining uh, to everyone what they're doing there, celebrating the, the life of those that were gone and those that are still here from the survivors from 40 years ago. Right, and you know, when I first was watching the scene, I thought it was just kind of, it seemed like to me it would be really uncomfortable for somebody to get up in front of a whole bar to tell a story like that. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, I would be, I'd be like, this dude, what's he talking about? <laughs> but, uh, but it kind of does set up, you know, the back character. Yeah, I mean, so, we got Lindsay Wallace. Yep. Then we have Miss um, Chambers, the nurse, Miss Chambers. Chambers. Uh-huh. Yep. And then we have Lanny. Who survived, uh, and because he came into a face to face with Michael, which was also a new flashback scene that was shot because that was not. No, that there. was no, that was not that was not there. That was just a flashback. And Lindsay yeah. was, uh, I think she was, uh, Andy Andy uh, Brackett babysitter. Who you talking about now? Um, uh, Lindsay Lindsay Wallace. Oh yeah, it's Annie Annie Brackett. Yep. Yeah. So then from there. We go into the story of Mr. Travoli, a mental patient who had escaped. Remember, he was. we also saw him in 2018 when the podcasters go to uh, visit oh, yeah. Michael and wave that mask at him. Yep, and he started losing his mind. Yep. Yep, and he is played by Ross Bacon. Ross Clark Bacon, who unfortunately passed away from throat cancer in Charleston, South Carolina, May 16 of 2021. He was a uh, self-taught musician that collected rare records, collected, traded, and sold. Oh, okay. And he taught himself music, and he could play many instruments. The man was a, a, a virtuoso of sorts. Okay, that's a fun fact. Yep. So he played Mr. Trivoli. May he rest in peace. Um, so from there, we go into the... They take us to watch that uh, firefighter uh, massacre. That was intense, Jay. That was that was great. I was literally, even though they showed some of that in the in the movie trailer, mm-hmm. but that scene, I mean, it was. I thought it was intense. It was brutal how that man just comes out there and viciously destroyed each and every one of those human beings that were trying to save him. And I mean, Michael's pissed off. Yeah, he's in a bad mood because he's been he's been had. Laurie yeah, Strode outsunk him, and she just outplayed him, and she has basically nearly cost her life, but he found his way out of there just by luck. Oh, I know. And he comes out pissed and totally annihilates everybody in front of him. Everybody. While this and is taking place, Laurie Strode is arriving at Haddonfield Memorial Hospital. Oh, hey, there's your nod to Halloween, too. Yep. Yep. 
That and that's all you're gonna get too. Sorry. Unfortunately for some of us, that's all we're gonna get, except for some of us got the Blu-ray, so we're gonna be playing Halloween two in the upcoming days. Oh yeah, me too. I've I've already Oh, I got my uh, Halloween Blu-ray in with the two movies cut together. Oh, you got it in? You you, you actually yeah. arrive? Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but I I plan on two this week. Yeah, basically, you got to watch seventy uh, eight and two thousand and eighteen, and then watch this one. Agreed. That's yeah. how that works. You know, you got to watch both of those before you watch this one. Yeah, absolutely, because. Halloween Kills is actually a fan movie in a way. Yes. Uh, with all the nods to the original and, and and stuff like that, I mean, it's a complete fan movie. So if you plan on seeing Halloween Kills, I take our advice and watch those films that that he just said. Yeah, because Halloween is uh this one this one is very intense and this one is for hardcore fans of the franchise, you know, but. People for the nostalgia of it being being Halloween season, people are gonna watch it for all kinds of reasons, but they're gonna find it very disturbing, which is the case of what we're gonna be discussing now. And this one really was disturbing, Jay. Michael kills a couple, and I'm talking about Diva Tyler, who was play, who played Sandra in in Lenny Clark, who was played by who played Phil. And Michael Meyer uses him to try every single knife they had on that kitchen. Oh, I know. The, Isn't that the same scene where he takes out the, the lady with the the glass? Yeah, that's that's that this man's wife. Yeah. You know, and they're there and they're um she's in there playing with the uh with the little uh airplane thing, the uh, uh the oh yeah, the drone. She's playing with the little drone inside the house, and that bastard just grabbed it inside that room and tosses it back at them. And wow, the man looks out there, and he was done. I mean, Michael just grabs him and tears him up through the through the window, and then grabs this light bulb like they used to do on the death matches in Japan when the wrestlers were fighting with those light bulbs. Oh yeah, they used to break, but uh, yeah. he breaks it in half and slashes it on that woman's throat and the noises that she was making were just disturbing. Yeah, I mean, I, Michael's, he's brutal. This yeah, he's got a, he got a taste for blood when he got a hold of those firefighters and now he gets a hold of this couple. Yep. And he and leaves that woman. And he's doing it without any kind of mercy. No um, mercy whatsoever. His conscience, like I said on that little Poem saying that I wrote when it began. Mm-hmm. He is his his conscience is going berserk. He, Which by the way, great poem by the way. Oh, thank you, thank you. I wrote it over a beer. Um, my favorite, my one of my favorite singers one time wrote the theme for the Dukes of Hazard on the way to record it on a napkin. That's hilarious. <laughs> Waylon Jennings. They Wait, say Jennings. they say what you got? You got something for us, Mister Jennings? You imagine the face of those people when that man pull out a napkin. <laughs> And greatness came out. Uh, I'm not comparing myself to that man. May he rest in peace. God, I love him. Um, um, but uh, he, if you notice, he leave, he left her with enough life in her to witness him put her husband on top of that island in the kitchen and try every single knife on his chest. Wait, you know, the Michael Myers in this movie, 
one resembles more of Rob Zombie's Michael Myers. James Jude Corney is the shape yeah. on this one, yeah. And he's outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah. He's supposed uh, to be coming here next year, Charlotte. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, for a for a. Well, Halloween Ends comes out next year, so. Yeah, but he's coming for a. Uh, he's coming for a horror convention. I don't know if you notice. Uh, I'm working on building my studio. I'm still recording. Yeah, I think this is the last show that I'll be recording down here in the uh, what used to be my dining room. Um, but now we're moving to my spare room upstairs. And I got all my wall with all my 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 Friday Thirteen signatures, all my uh, Halloween signatures on the wall. I did. I did see those pictures. It looks great. Aren't you gonna call it the Abyss? The Abyss, my studio. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. Yep. So soon we'll be uh, like well, live. Also, uh, well, by the time we record again next week, I should have a new headset. So. Oh, Jay is upgrading too. Yeah. So. Uh, I'll let you know when I get it in. We'll try it out. So. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So, so now that he, um, I mean, he has done this to this couple. Wow, I, I don't know what to say, but now this is disturbing. Um, you know, he plays. Uh, then they move back to the bar where you got a, a, a Mike Dupree who plays a ventriloquist actor, Mike Dupree. And they're back at the bar where all mayhem starts to break loose. This is this is basically now where the news is starting to come up. Yep. And um, Allison Nelson and her and her her, uh, her boyfriend calls his dad, who happens to be at the bar having the time of his life, enjoying this ventriloquist. I guess he's happy as can be, and he's out there at mixed bar drinking. And that's now by now the bodies have begun to pile up. Yeah, and all of a sudden it's 40 years later and here it goes again. And here it goes again. And how it all breaks into this mob violence ordeal is when the doctor goes out there to get in her car. Her husband forgets one of his, it's actually not a prop, he's a nurse. And I guess he, he had some of his and instruments. Yeah, and he returns to the bar. But the doctor gets in the car and Trebali happens to be... And Traboli, I guess, is a director in Italy that inspired uh, this director from Halloween Kills, and that's why he named this character Traboli. I gotcha. Okay. So Traboli, Traboli takes a car in a joyride as this lady runs for her life, rightfully so. She has just been told what, what kind of carnage uh, these people experienced 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, they start chasing it, and that's when all hell breaks loose because uh, Triboli crashes a car and runs away. Well, this scene is uh, important to a scene that comes later in the hospital. Yes. Uh, you know, regarding the, the other escaped patient. Yep. It also kind of starts off like the whole mob mentality that kind of goes through the movie. Yep, this is this is when, when, um, when this man starts deciding that... Uh, Tommy Doyle starts deciding that, hey, this ain't going to happen tonight. And he decides that he's going to start putting this, this gang together. But yeah, now, the scene takes us back to Scott MacArthur and Michael McDonald, who played Big John and Little John. Michael McDonald, remember him from Matt TV? I do. You are now watching. I used to love Matt TV. <laughs> Man, Matt TV was so funny. Long time. They were giving Saturday Night Live a run for their money. I know that much. Yeah, Saturday Night Live had been good in a long time. 
a long time. Ever since they got way too political, I mean, they, yeah. it, they just flub. Unfortunately, they 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 do the harm to themselves because they got genius comedians is writing for them, but they can't capitalize on. It. Oh, I know. They're they're way out of touch with everything. So yeah, yeah. Well, these people live like that. They're not they're not in touch with a common human being in the land. They view us as some foreign creature that just goes and works in a machine, punches in a machine, and makes an hourly wage. Right. So. They're there, and I like I like Little John and <laughs> and Big John because they're they're out there having the time of his life. All he wants to do is smoke a little bit of pot, yeah, drink, he just, wants get, he just wants to get stoned and have a good time, and dance with his husband or boyfriend. I don't know what the hell he was, but uh, yeah, they're living happily. The they're living in the Meyer house happily together, and yeah. here we go with the the Mulaney's who happen to be stone cold troublemakers. And they decide to play a prank as Michael Meyer is about to enter his house and say, what the hell is going on here? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so. It was, a, it was a good prank. I give them that. Yeah, it was a good prank. They did it. Yeah. They did it well. Once you get close enough to whatever the hell the brain that they were trying to pull it look fake as can be. But right. when you look at it from a distance, you can tell that, uh. That it was, uh, that you couldn't tell that it was fake or not. Right. No, not at all. So by then they cut back again to Sheriff, uh, Becker, Barker, Sheriff Barker, who happens to be the man with the Western hat. And he's yeah. telling Allison, he's breaking the the news that Michael Myers is alive and, and well. she immediately wants to go kill him. She immediately snaps. She's like, she's got that strobe blood on her. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, the, the Michael just took out her dad. Yeah, he killed, he killed her papa, yeah. And she, yeah, she's, so. she, and now, well, we'll get to that later on. So Allison places a dirt, uh, the, something that you should never do in a hospital when where they're fighting germs or where you can get a stab infection. Uh, Allison places a dirty knife on the bed of her grandma at the hospital before she takes off. Oh, yeah. Oh, even after her mother told her not to go. Yep, and now we go back, and there's a Tommy Doyle and his lynch mob or post or posse are handing out weapons <laughs> like rappers and celebrities handing out uh, frozen birds from the back of a truck in Thanksgiving. Oh man, uh, Tommy's not playing around. Uh, -uh. Tommy's got all kinds of weapons for everybody. Tommy's on a mission. He, he, he and like you know so many others in Nashville, they don't want to live in fear anymore because you got to remember. You know, Michael Myers never died. He was just put away. So they had that fear of him possibly showing up again for 40 years. 40, they had 40 years of not sleeping, 40 years of locking your doors and, and being overprotective of your kids because of one night. And, and here it is happening again. And Tommy said, no, nah, I'm done. I'm done, bro. I'm going to get his ass. And in... This is now they move back to a scene that is probably one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. The stop at the park with the with some of the survivors and Kyle Kyle Richards, who's the actress from The Apprentice and The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She gets out of the car trying to tell the Delaney's to get the hell out of there, and she's in big trouble. Oh yeah, who is uh, you know Lindsay Wallace? Lindsay uh, Wallace original and it's the same actress so, as the original so that's cool but oh yeah man what a great scene because uh 
Michael, like we talked about a little bit ago, was pissed off. And we, at least I didn't think, you know, little Lindsay Wallace uh, would stand a chance at all. Never. Never. And, you know, he goes, Michael, out of nowhere, the, those girls tell him, there's a, man, there's a man with a white mask over there, and she tells him to run home. I think yeah. at this point, Michael had already killed two of those kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he killed two. The only one survivor was the girl. I don't know what mask she was wearing. I think the skull was she was wearing? It was the skull mask. Yeah, she's the only survivor because Michael slashed the other two, I'm pretty sure. Unless they dropped the mask and ran for their life. But I think he got him. And then, I think he got him. Yeah, and he, Michael jumps on that car, which is something new for him. I hadn't seen him do something like this. And the nurse, who said she wants to put some bullets on him on, on behalf of, uh, Dr. Loomis. of Dr. Loomis, she gets stabbed like four times in the chest, viciously. Well, well if you remember in the original, Michael did jump on the car with the same nurse, by the way, same that's, that's right. That's right. That's how she survived. Right. That's how. Because you remember in the, in the in the original, she's able to get outside the the driver's side, and, and Michael drives off in the car. Yeah. And this one, Michael's like, "No, I'm staying here. I'm staying in the driver's side. The dri- getting out the yeah. And he. That's how he kills her. Yeah, yeah. That was that was that was something very. That was a nod to the first one. Very very Absolutely. odd the way that she yeah. went out on this one. By this point, the male nurse. He's going berserk. And he's asking his wife <clears throat> for some help. He's a likable character. I said, okay, well, he, now he's going to survive. This is something right. that I found myself doing throughout this entire movie. I said, well, he's going to survive. He's kind of a likable character. Uh-huh. BS. Michael took his ass out viciously, too. Yeah. Spare no expense. Yeah. So by this point, his wife, who happens to be a, a, a doctor... She was dressed as a nurse because they were celebrating Halloween, but she's she's in real life in that movie. She's a doctor. So obviously, maybe she as a doctor, she probably doesn't have too much gun gun preparation or, or gun skills. And this is something that I actually enjoy in movies because they handle this situation as as real as it gets. You cannot shoot at a cat at a car like in the movies. That gun can ricochet and kill you, and that was a scene in this in this throughout this movie that is some woke shit, but it's legit. It's a legit woke woke uh, stuff that guns are very dangerous, and once you pull them out, you gotta really be know what you're doing. And in a tense moment, you can make a mistake and hurt yourself. Oh, without a doubt. So she actually ends up killing herself. Michael didn't have to put a, a finger, lay a finger on her. Oh, she was scared to death. She was yeah. scared to death, and I, I don't know if she did she. The, the the gun ricocheted or believe it ricocheted like you said yeah, and it hit her in the neck yeah right inside because her hand kind of looked like she shot herself uh in the neck herself but it was hard to tell that one scene yeah, yeah. but I know that that I was seeing the news many many years ago where this narco guy in Mexico was chasing this uh, reporter to kill him or something like that because you know over there they can kill reporters that if they print something that they don't like. And, well, apparently he shattered the car, and the car just, the bullet bounced back at him. Because in real life, that's the way it goes. You cannot just shoot a gun at anything. Nope. And that's what happened to this woman. I thought it was a a, a great kill for a horror movie. It was definitely different, and it definitely caught me off guard, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, oh, my God, that just happened. 
Yep, and just like that, Michael doesn't have anyone to kill but Lindsay Wallace, and he starts chasing her down. But Lindsay is able to hide and, and get away with, with injuries, and that's it. I don't even know how she pulled it out, but she did. It was crazy. Yeah, because I thought she was a goner. No, no question. Yeah. Yep, and by this moment, Karen Nelson and Lori Stroh are having a moment where they're discussing their belief that Michael is has burned himself out and is nothing more than ashes and a, and a sad memory. Uh, <laughs> little do they know. Oh, which, by the way, since Lori's in the hospital, we get to see Officer Hawkins. He's still alive. I was really happy to see him still alive. Yeah, because he wasn't—he wasn't killed by a by a legitimate killer. He was just that that weak wacko doctor that said Michael was a weird specimen. And I wish that doctor would have been brought back. No, I didn't like the daughters. Yeah, I thought they wish they should have they should have you know done something in him. Now that we're moving towards some kind of supernatural power or supernatural being, I think he could have come into play if they actually have this. Uh, Whatever those people were called, the old, uh, the old cult. Oh yeah, the the was it Sam Hain? Yeah, the Sam Hain people. Yeah. I don't know if they're moving in that direction, but. Uh, who knows? I mean, look, it is what it is, and, and I I know the doctor was wacko in the first one, and he was the one that pretty much took Michael Myers to Lori Strode's house to begin with. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I mean. Without him, we wouldn't have had a good ending to a movie. But I will say that to see Officer Hawkins still alive, you know, and they're talking to Loria, I was really excited to see that because I really like that character. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, by, 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 by this point, Tommy Doyle and his posse are in hot, hot pursuit of Michael Myers. Mm. They find Lindsay's car. Then they start finding the bodies and they go berserk. And then they flash back to the scene that you're talking about. Laurie and Frank, because they bring him into the room, because he's yep. been injured, and they start talking about their night from the past when uh, he kissed her, and uh, he wanted more. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, I like how they kind of connected on a little bit of, uh, you know, personal history. Yeah, <laughs> and then they give him his painkiller so he can shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah, and it was a cool little scene. I yeah, it, was it, a, it was a cool scene. It, it kind of showed that, you know, Lori wasn't always a hard ass. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she was so, there. And once again, we have the theme of this movie, the high tension. And some of that high tension, this, this is like, even though they don't want to believe in part two and they want to erase it from the face of the earth, it has a lot of elements to part two once they start going into the, uh, they don't make reference to it, but once they start going into this hospital scenes and all this tension and this movement and, this people scared to death. Oh, I know. Because the hospital is now in lockdown. Oh, I know. And then, you know, Tommy Doyle comes barging in and gets everybody riled up. Because that's when he screamed, evil dies tonight, and the police tell... Hey, by the way, if we turned Halloween Kills into a drinking game and we did a shot for every time somebody screams, evil dies tonight, you'd be drunk in five minutes. Depends if it's if it's bourbon, I'd be drunk very quickly. Yeah, I mean we would be absolutely shit faced in five minutes. Yeah, and if it's gin, then I'll need a new liver because I can handle the gin even though I don't drink much of it. Uh, dude, I mean I can score some moonshine. We'll be out after two shots. Oh, moonshine, one shot, and I'll be already looking for the floor. <laughs> so, 
evil dies tonight is the theme the police officer uh, tries to calm him down but he says you have already failed here tonight and we're going to handle this and which by the way this is a little scene where another original character lee bracket the original Haddonfield sheriff the original sheriff he yeah. tells him about the death of his wife and how he wasn't there to save her his daughter death of his, his daughter. daughter his daughter and he wasn't there to save her yeah his daughter was amy bracket, amy, amy bracket Lori's friends from the original and um again another little scene that kind of gets rid of Halloween too because you kind of they show Bracket going through the emotions in that one but of course this one takes place at the original I thought it was cool to see the original sheriff, sheriff you know what I mean it was cool um, it was cool I mean I know he didn't have a big role and he shouldn't have a big role no but Uh, I liked how they placed him in here, though, for the, you know, five minutes of screen time that he gets. But at the same time, it was cool to see a familiar face. Yes, that, that was that was uh, that was very interesting for me. So at this point now, Tommy Doyle goes and has a very interesting moment with Lori. About the situation and the fact that she protected him 40 years ago and tonight he will protect her. And, uh, you know, Lori is besides herself at this point. Yeah, Lori's like, kill him. We yeah. gotta kill him. Yeah, and she tells Karen to get out of her way because she will take his head even if she has to sacrifice himself, herself. Uh, by this point, she don't give a damn, you know? No, she already knows that, uh, she already knows that, that this is a point of no return and she's willing to sacrifice herself. She actually believes that the only way that he can die is if she dies. Uh, yeah, and she gave, she gives a little explanation of why she thinks Michael is is you know so powerful. Absolutely, and it was a great explanation that I think may have a lot to do with the next one. I think it does. I think it's definitely a setup for the next one. Yeah. So now now we go back to the killing spree. Michael goes um, to Big John's and Little John's. House. He's already in there. He got in through the back door because uh, I think his little John forgot to lock the door. And little yeah, John, well, Michael's coming home. Yeah. yeah, he's coming home because that's the way he does things. He does a whole bunch of killings and goes to that house to look out the window. So little John finds the the fingerprints in the window or in the door. The door. Yeah. And boy, does he he kills them in a brutal way, both of them. Yeah, Michael's. We've been saying this whole episode, Michael's not pulling any punches, man. No, and this one, he's just, I mean, he, they, they skyrocket the violence on this thing. Yeah. So we go back from there to the hospital where now this is the, the scene where Mr. They, they teaches you another lesson why mob violence is not as good as people think it is. Yeah, this, this scene to me, out of all the scenes in this movie, this scene we're about to get into was the most disturbing to me. For me too. When when yeah. Mr. Trevoli is in the hospital under the impression that that everybody has the impression that he's Michael Meyer, Trevoli's actually suffering from mental mental illness and basically yeah. asking for help. Yeah. And he ends up taking his own life by throwing himself from a window at Haddonfield Memorial Hospital. Yeah, because that, that newly formed mob thought he was Michael Myers and everybody wanted a piece, you know? Everyone. And this, you know, like you were just saying, this is a scene that it was disturbing to me because it, 
it's real. Like, this stuff happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Know? And it's, it's not, I mean, I know it's Hollywood, and these movies are make-believe, and it's creative and all that stuff, but at the same time, you know, I mean, you'll see something that is real, and this one scene was real. It was something that was extremely sad, something I know, I, me as a, you know, movie viewer, something you don't really ever want to see, but at the same time, it, it's, it's what's happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a great rule of, you know, it's probably always to think before you react. Yeah. Something that I don't do very well. Yeah, me neither. I was in the Marine Corps. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Boy, I tell you, I could only imagine. So Officer Frank tells Laurie how he's responsible for all of this. He's having another moment. See, all these people are blaming themselves after all these killings. That's how it has affected their mind. She's blaming herself. He's blaming himself. And the more lives that are lost, the more they blame themselves. And basically, they show us another... flashback when uh he stopped himself from killing michael saying there has to be somebody's child right it's a human behind that mask or something like that because they were they, they had a little mini firing squad out there ready to take him down ready to de- destroy him and uh hawkins ran out there of course in the 78 flashback ran out there to to stop him and so here we are 40 years later killings are happening hawkins was like holy shit it's my fault Wow. And then you have Lori. Lori's blaming herself because she thinks he's after her. Absolutely. He, 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 um, they, I mean, it's, they, I mean, everybody's just running from pure paranoia and just the scars yeah. of this incident. Well, I'll tell you what, though, now, the whole mob scene that we just talked about may have been a little disturbing, but they do redeem themselves. Absolutely. To a certain extent, because at this yeah. point, you know, Tommy Doyle now, you know, here's the thing. Allison, Cameron, and, and his dad are headed to, the, to Michael's house. That's right. Tommy Doyle at this point has come to the conclusion that he has messed up tonight in his pursuit to kill Michael with the mob. And he's telling this to, to Karen Nelson. Yep. So then we go back to the house and Lonnie Elam is killed by Michael. Now his... Yeah, which leads Cameron and Allison to head into the Myers home. To head, to head in, yeah. But, but, but his son, Michael, no, his son, is brutally attacked, Cameron, by Michael. I mean, brutally attacked and hurt, and then he's killed. He broke his neck. Allison, of course, is going crazy, and she's trying to shoot this bastard. But it watches the whole thing. The whole thing. And now she has a broken leg. Mm-hmm. But her mama, Karen, uses a prop, the pinch fork that was at the Porsche of Big John and Little John's that they had, and mm-hmm. uses that, that pinch fork to, to basically stab Michael in the back with a plan to have Michael chase her to a trap that is being put together by Tommy Doyle and the rest of his posse. Yep. And all of this is where the whole mob thing comes back in. Yep, the whole mob. And so now Michael's surrounded by the mob. The mob got their guy. 
they got what they they got. You know who they were looking for, but you got to be careful what you wish for. Now, Jay, I'm taking a break. We're almost at the end of the show, and I've been saving my PBR all weekend for my celebratory uh, one-year anniversary. I hear you. Many of the early shows were fueled by PBR. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, hey, mine's uh, being fueled by Alcatraz or cold right now. Oh, I know that you're sick. I'm sorry, Jay, but I had to do <laughs> <Goodbye>. this. <laughs> but yeah, the, the mob—they get their guy, man. But careful what you ask for, because. If you think Michael's going to go down lightly, you're sorely mistaken. And all of a sudden, we get a scene that I thought I would never see. I know that I'm seeing something that I thought I would never seen. What's that? The new, um, it says, we are proud to present Ashley Dreyfus as the winner of the 2021 PBR Art Can Competition. To find out... How you can become next year's winner goes to pathrebel.com and it's got some hippie shit written on my past blue ribbon. I had never seen nothing like this before. The only <laughs> thing cool weird. is that the drawing in the bottom has a uh, has a cat and you know how I feel about cat. The rest is just some hallucinogen looking shit. But that's alright. I still love my beer. I'm gonna not show the back of it in order not to freak me out. So, so Yeah, just turn it around. So, Jay, now Laurie has a moment of clarity telling Officer Frank what makes Michael has his endurance, his strength, and his malevolous ways. That's what yeah. you were talking about. In, and it was, a, like you said earlier, a wonderful explanation. I mean, it, it, made, it, it made sense, don't you think? It made a lot of sense. Yeah. So... The mob at this point traps Michael and beats him viciously. They beat the life out of him, or so we thought. Yeah. And the sky on this scene, I got a photo signed by, by the shape by Jude Carney upstairs. Um, and the sky in this scene, I loved it. The way that they did that dark blue, beautiful dark blue. Looks like our, oh, yeah. our, our ego and our logo. Oh, without a doubt. It was like a distinctive blue on the sky. Like the moon was shining brighter than ever. Right. And it made it look so distinctive. I, I, I loved it. And Michael, after all of this, snaps from the beating. And the first kill is actor Charles Cyphers, who plays Sheriff Lee Brackett. Yep. He got him. Got him. Got him. Done. Done, sir. Done. Yep. Got him. Put an end to that story. Yep. Then he shoves them one by one until he reaches Tommy Doyle who gets a brutal stab into the heart and it was like a scene in which they can you can see that Michael stabs him in the heart and then stares at his eye like holding the knife so he wouldn't let the body fall because he wanted him to stare into his eyes yep. as he died wow that was intense I mean Michael took it personal <laughs> very personal so uh, Tommy Doyle who you know, Anthony Michael Hall did a good job as Tommy Doyle for the most Excellent. part. Excellent. Yeah. You know? Excellent job. Yep. And so I was very, very surprised to see that kill happen without me. I, I thought Tommy Doyle would, if he was going to die, it would be at the end of the third movie that comes out next year. Not now. Yeah, I thought if somebody would survive, it would be him. Yeah. 
But if something this movie is teaching us or this new run of this franchise teaching us that nobody's safe, buddy. Oh, no. Not I mean, nobody is safe. Uh, there's a lot going on here as far as who survives and who doesn't. And so. who doesn't. And, and now, and folks, if you haven't seen this movie, we should have just said spoilers from the beginning because I'm not an asshole. I don't want to ruin nobody's fun. I, they love horror as much as I do. But, I mean, if you haven't seen this movie, you might as well not listen to the rest of this because now we go to the, the, the meat of this thing. Karen yep. Nelson goes, for whatever the reason, she goes upstairs by herself to stare into that window. And I think there's something with this window, Jay. This window has a lot to do. They're bringing you this window, and they're trying to tell you something about this window. Well, it's Judith Meyer's room. It was Michael's sister that he brutally murdered 40 years before. Yeah. And from what I got out of it, it was that window. If you remember the opening shot of the original film, the movie opens up with Michael, the POV steady cam, POV of Michael Myers as a kid, uh-huh. you know, going across the street, going to his front yard, and the camera pans up, and he's looking at his sister's window. So it is... My conclusion that they were hitting at the Halloween kills, they were hitting at that Michael did that all the time. Yeah, yeah, just like like the cop that uh that was killed accidentally. Right. Yeah, he said the same thing. He said that boy was staring that window all the time. Yeah. So I, now, why Karen wanted to go and stare out of it, I do not know. I do not know, but so as far as we know. Michael just comes from behind her and the boogeyman strikes her down, leaving her on the floor. Whatever she's dead or not, we do not know. We imagine that more likely she could be because uh, he stabbed her a few good times. Right. Oh, yeah. But when the camera is showing you the stabbings of her, they're really emphasizing on her hands being up. They want to give you that cliffhanger that you do not know if she's dead or not. shocking because Karen is one of the Strode women, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, there's that I mean, I was, I was watching, I was like, no, man, she can't die. But we do not know that. I want to know. Let's wait another year. <laughs> Unfortunately, we do. Unfortunately, we do. We gotta get Peacock again. Maybe by and, then, there would be no Peacock. Maybe by then, they'll... they'll hey, well, I'm not gonna lie. I'm afraid. I, I mean, of course, we live in a streaming world. And I get it. We live, we yeah. live, we live in a streaming world, and we live in a world where the technology has gotten so advanced that some people feel more comfortable in their house with their surround sound and their right. modern TVs and everything else. I still like going to the movies. Um, well, but, it's just you know, I, of all these streaming services, you know, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, whatever. Well, oh, they got a hundred of them. If you're going to enjoy yourself by watching all this streaming stuff, you would have to have millions of them. And some of them that are free, I actually enjoy, like Tubi. I tell you, I was watching Tubi before. Yeah, Tubi's cool. Before, uh, before we started recording tonight. Yeah. Because IMDb, they got Scooby-Doo, the original Scooby-Doo. Yeah, IMDb TV is pretty good, too. I got to shake that out. But uh, it's free. But um, mm. what I was getting at is all these streaming services... Because, you know, I'm a big wrestling fan. If it wasn't for the WWE stuff on Peacock, I, w- I don't know if I'd like Peacock. Well, you know, because I think uh, the stuff that I like from Peacock is for free. 
Miami right. buys and the A team and all that. I think they give you that in Airwolf. I think they give you that for free. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just, but for the most part, I mean, but a lot of those, some of those shows you can find on other platforms. Oh, I don't but, care to watch none of them shows that them people have. They, 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 they creep me out. I don't know what America them people live in. No, they're odd. Yeah. No, I don't put nobody down. I'm just putting the shit that they put out there down. Yeah, but from what I've seen, I wasn't doing anything on there that I I really liked. I mean, I can't relate to none of that junk that them people put on regular television. Like, I'm not a communist. Why would I like that shit? Yeah, that's what what I do. So we're coming to the conclusion of this spectacular anniversary issue in which me and Dr. J has pretty much passed the x-rays on this. And if you think that we're going to be stopping this super show about Halloween kills, you're sadly mistaken. And if you like it, you're in for a treat because next week me and Jay will return to discuss the aftermath. I'm talking about all the reviews that have been given, our personal opinions on the movie, and everything in between. Next week, Halloween Kills, The Aftermath, by me and Jay Lenderman. Jay, send them home. Folks, thank you for tuning in to a wonderful episode, our anniversary episode of Tales from the Abyss. Thank you! Absolutely. I mean, hats off to everybody. And thank you for listening to our uh, our X-ray version of Halloween Kills. Uh, it's been a fun night. It's been fun going digging down deep into the sequel. I know it just came out, but uh, being horror fans, that's what we do. So, but thanks again, ladies and gentlemen, for a wonderful year. It's been a wonderful 365 days of um, putting stuff together and talking about topics with my with my friend here. And we and just talking about things in general. It's just been so much fun. And it's been an honor and a privilege to be able to do this. Indeed it has. Indeed it has. It's been an honor and a privilege for me to have, have the uh, the opportunity to share this, this show with you and have you as the co-host of the show. We have really, uh, I mean, it's really been, been fortunate. It's been an organic uh, transition, the way that we have done it. We work with our script. Um, tonight I took some notes because I wanted to hit all the right angles about this movie and do the show this way, but for the most part... We're pretty much unscripted, and we will remain like that. But next week, we're going to come back, and we're going to give you Halloween The Aftermath. That is me and Jay Lenderman's per- personal opinion on this movie, as well as reading some of the um, the reviews of the movie and the money that has grows, everything in between. So, folks, somewhere between good and evil, it'll be a pleasure to spend another year bringing you this Tales from the Abyss. Meet for the great Jay Lenderman. I am Pablo Rojo. Wishing everyone to be safe out there.